So hi, welcome to the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Tyler Tate from Holofront. And we're asking some questions today about their upcoming album, The Price of Dreaming. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Um, It's been very positive. Uh, I've been very excited. It's an album we've we sat on for about a year. We finished it last uh, March. Wow. So it's nice that things are finally starting to progress and uh, it's finally coming out. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. It's almost here. Yeah. So close. Uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um, yeah. So the price of dreaming is kind of encapsulates what it feels like to be a um you know, it doesn't have to be specific to music, but it's it's definitely for us, it's specific to our dream of, you know, um, touring full time and being that like, you know, trying to be the next, the next thing in metalcore, you know, um, trying to grow and, but that also comes with like, sacrifices and personal life. And I have two children. So, you know, the price of dreaming for me is like sacrificing time uh, with my children to you know, be on the road as much as possible to get the band name out there. And um, yeah, and I'm sure for other members, it means other things for me personally, that's what it means. You know, it's the, it's the sacrifices and the trials and tribulations of, of trying to find success in that, in that thing that you call your dream. So whether it's, you know, you're uh, a painter or uh, a, a, you know, a singer songwriter, or just anything, it just, it's, it's what you have to sacrifice to um, make that dream come true. Um, the, the album artwork, uh, I came up with the idea for the Medusa. Um, I honestly just think that like, for me, it just felt like she paid the price. She paid a price, you know, like, you know, Medusa gets a bad rap, you know, cause she's like supposed to be the villain, but she's mm -hmm. really just a misunderstood creature that is, she was cursed, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, she ultimately met her own demise, you know, by you know, staring into her own reflection and kind of she she paid that ultimate price. And it might not be specific to about dreaming, but it's just for me that Medusa, the 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 idea of Medusa, you know, being a stone statue, you know, because she turned herself into the stone statue is just kind of what resonated with me to to, I guess, suggest it for the album artwork. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Very cool. <laughs> Just just because I'm curious, the story of Medusa is like she slept with somebody's like God boyfriend or something, and she was just so pretty that right. the girlfriend of the God kind of just turned her into like the snake head lady. Yeah, yep. The yep, Gorgon is what the, the oh, Gorgons is. Sorry. <laughs> they turned her into like yeah. Yeah, no, you don't know you're good. Like it's 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 you're very right though. She she was she got frisky with a god and pissed off a, a goddess and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, paid the price of being a an object of that other god's desire you know it wasn't mm -hmm. something that you know she deserved to have her life ruined over but you know gods can be petty especially yeah. in greek mythology yeah sure. god, i love greek mythology i love that reference it's good um so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album oh so you know we we released an album in 2020 called loose threads um you know, that was an album we had also sat on for like a whole year. Mm -hmm. Jesus. So by the time that, yeah, that by the time that album was coming out, we were already ready to write for whatever was coming next. And 
we did a few singles and we signed with uh, UNFD. Yes. Um, and they were kind of like, let's just get you in the studio as quick as possible. So we kind of, we spent about a month at home writing songs. You know, it was probably a month, but it was like weeks, like broken up by weeks. So we do a week here and a week there, but a month all together to um, prepare. We, we had like 13 or 14 songs, I think. Um, some were finished, some were not finished. And the mostly, mainly the finished ones are what you hear on the album, the, the fully realized instrumentals. Um, then we took those to a studio in Pennsylvania called Atrium Audio which is uh, Carson Slovak and uh, Grant McFarland. They did Polaris's last couple albums. They did a lot of August Burns Red, Air's uh-huh. new album, Light Miles of Flame. That's cool. um, so we went there and we kind of really delve into like the more of the, the lyrics and the vocals like writing because we didn't do really any writing beforehand with vocals and lyrics. We had one song, which was Treading Water, which was completely done as kind of like a proof of concept, I think, of what we were we were going for. And then we just kind of wrote all the lyrics and the vocal melodies and all that stuff while we were in Pennsylvania. So we spent a month there really doing vocals like every day almost. I think like there was a one week I didn't do vocals for drums and stuff. But while we were doing, me and Dakota were working with Grant and doing vocals, Lee and Brandon and like the other like instrumentalists were working with Carson and recording like the bass and the guitars. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like split into two different like teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like later at night, we would kind of after the, after the producers would go home, we would kind of reconvene as a group and kind of go over what we were, you know, anticipating for the next day, talk about vocal melodies and see if people agreed or disagreed, which there were definitely agreements and disagreements. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, but we, everything that is on the end product is something that we all hundred percent believed in. And it was something that we all felt it was, it was very much more collaborative than other stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. than cool. our other, than other releases, it was, it felt like, cause we were, but our other releases were done at home in our guitar player Lee's studio. Yeah. Oh. He runs his own studio. And so we did everything ourselves, but we were kind of like fish out of water in Pennsylvania. So it was very it was very cool to have that dynamic of like, we're picked up and dropped somewhere where we're not really comfortable. You know, we don't really know the surroundings and it's not like, you know, Oh, let's just go down the street to get food at this place. I don't know what's down the street, you know? Exactly. So like, yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we just had to kind of acclimate to our surroundings and that kind of like pushed us to be a little bit more uh, team, like team based, I think. So obviously the the vocals and and the lyrics were written in person, but you guys had the instrumentals kind of written beforehand. Were those also written in person or was that like over Zoom? Uh, We did everything together. Um, We'd get we'd get together like a a week at a time at Lee's in his studio and kind of write the song, you know, and um, there were a few like uh, comatose. I think Lee wrote by himself without us in the studio. It was something he did on his own. And there's a few songs that he had previously that that just weren't used you know that we kind of took and um made work for the album so a few of them were already like done for like other projects that he had or just songs that he'd written um i think we we went in there with like eight or nine like ones that we wrote from scratch together and then we had like four or five that were kind of like 
Lee did on his own. Dakota wrote his own song from scratch, um, like from top to bottom. Um, and yeah, we just, we were just collaborating together, but also working separately to try to make sure we had enough material so that when we got there, we could pick and choose, which we, we had 15 songs to pick from. So we definitely, we narrowed it down to 12. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's basically how that went. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want you to tell us your favorite lyric and the meaning behind it off this album. Oh shit. All right. Hold on. Let me pull up the lyrics here. No shame in that. I, That's all good. I do. I, I do have one that, uh, it's pretty much stood out to me from the beginning. Um, uh, let me see. And it's kind of, it's more of like a stanza than it is just a, it's like a, a few different lines. But it's, mm -hmm. I, I, it's in our song in the spotlights, the first song on the album. And the first time I make any noise on the album at all. <laughs> so I say, I swear these walls are so damn high. Is this yet another moment I let pass me by? Is it my fear holding me back? Or is it the conviction to follow through I've always lacked? Which is, which is kind of like me in a nutshell, you know? It's like I've, I've, I've had things that happen to me through life that I've built walls emotionally around myself to protect myself. But I've, but I've also, am I going to let it hold me back, you know, because, you know, doing things like being in a band that travels and tours and, you know, plays across the world, you have to have some kind of courage, you know, you can't allow your, you can't allow your, your past issues, like um, my conviction to follow through, like sometimes like I, you know, I want to do something, but I won't follow through with it because I've, I've always lacked that that next step or that courage, you know? And I think with music, I've, I've been able to break that mold um, to where I'm not, uh, you know, I'm more, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. I'm just more persistent with it, you know? Whereas like other aspects of my life, like my love life and, you know, my other, my personal life, it's just, I've allowed my walls to kind of hold me back in those areas, but I'm not allowing it to do that with, with this you mm -hmm. know yeah that makes sense that. um and oh no go ahead go ahead uh so how'd the track list the album come about did you write the opener be the opener close to be a closer just shuffle around see what fits what was that process like um i honestly we wrote all the songs and kind of just placed them around and see where uh where they would sound good other songs like Originally, the the beginning track was going to be the outro track, but it just ended up mm -hmm. being the beginning track. And it, we didn't write it to be an outro track, it, or an in, it didn't, or write it to be like a interlude or anything like that. We just it was a it was a song that felt a little shorter. So I was like, oh, it could go at the end, it could go in the middle. But then it was like somebody's like, well, what if we just start the album with that? And it's like, okay, yeah, let's do that. So it was just kind of a very collaborative effort um, to what like every band member had a say and we kind of all agreed and like the same with like I like names like we we came up with all the names like while we were in the studio so when we left everything was named and it was just kind of something we sat down one day and we're like all right what should this name you know let's let's come up with the names of these songs and in the order because yeah, we had the order and the names all done before we left mm. so it was just something we sat down and just you know worked together with uh, that that's good yeah it's awesome 
Uh, I'd like to bring up the opener again, because you mentioned that the first lyric in the first track is your favorite lyric. So did that have any factor in why you made it the opener? So it's actually the first time I say anything, but Dakota actually is our singer and he yeah. he opens that song. So mm-hmm. so he's he's the first thing you hear on the album besides like the little bit of instrumental. Mm-hmm. But when when I come in, it's just, I don't know. I just felt like that line to me was just, it was very like, not, not to say, not to speak myself up, but I thought it was well-written and it was, it it also really spoke to the feelings that I have. So it was just very honest. And I think my best lyrics are the ones that are the most honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, the reason i mean i could probably pick a favorite line from every song yeah Um, yeah that's good but but to me that one is just like damn like that it's almost like throwing shade at myself a little bit because it's like (laughs) it's like you've had you've had the the lack of conviction to follow through on the things that you wanted to do in life you know but you you know because being in doing this is scary you know like doing Mm -hmm. like being in the public eye or um you know traveling the world and leaving your family behind it's it's terrifying so it's like you got to really break through that fear of you know because I don't want my kids to resent me you know for being gone or you know I want them to kind of hopefully be inspired by my actions you know because I still I'm very very involved with my kids so it's not like I'm when I leave for tour I'm just like all right see you later I'll talk to you in a month you know it's like I talk to them every day but it's like I want them to know that like dreams cost like you if you know and it's not gonna it might not cost forever but it's it's a cost that I'm paying now and um but it's something I've dreamed of since I was my oldest son's age since Mm -hmm. I was like 10 you know he's 11 so uh, 20 21 years ago I've been dreaming you know about this like of 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 touring and, and you know making music that people like and just enjoying my life and not being strapped down to a job that I hate or you know a a relationship that I don't feel comfortable in or you know I think it took me till I was you know my almost 30 to be like all right now is the time to just do this and not not let your fear of failing or letting other people down hold you back you know for sure sure and when you guys blow up you can just take them with you they can go see you perform and everything that'd be so sick it's actually the it's funny that you mentioned that because on the tour that we just finished was we, we had a hometown show in grand rapids michigan Aww. and they did come out they got to come out and see me perform it was oh, the yeah. first time they've a been to a concert and b uh seen me perform so it was very it was a very emotional concert for me you know like crying on stage and all that mm-hmm. and, and um, it was just, it was very cool for them to see me in my element, even though they still think I'm like, oh, my dad, he's not super cool, you know, like, he's, yeah. he's so out of touch or, you know, whatever, but it was just, it was cool. And my oldest son went to school and be like, yeah, my dad's famous. And it's like, no, I'm not, but it's cool that he just goes to school and says that, you know. Yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Uh, so would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you're creating this album? Oh man, it was a tough time because of the pandemic and the pressure from, you know, we released our last album, Loose Threads, and that we did that DIY. Mm-hmm. And then the attention that it got brought like, I don't know, like 
a bunch of offers from labels. They wanted to buy the album and re-release it and sign us and, you know, to deal. And we ended up ultimately going with UNFD. It just felt like the best pick for us, like personally and, you know, business-wise. And so they bought Loose Threads and re-released it. And so the pressure to outperform that album, you know, with, with sales, with just the creativity, with just the overall package of the album, it, it's pretty high, you know, especially, you know, going from like, oh, we're just doing this. Because when we were doing it for, we were doing it more for, um, I guess that we're still doing it for ourselves. I'm trying not to um, mess up my words here, but we're, you know, we were, we didn't have the expectation of like, oh, there's a label that's, you know, like, you know, looming over us, like, you know, and having these expectations. So it was, it was definitely like, it was, it was a, a stress. It was a stressful time because a, the pandemic was in the, we were pretty much in the middle. So mm -hmm. the world was still kind of, you know, things were open, but barely. Yeah. And, you know, like, life had changed a lot because we we had tours that got canceled because of covid and uh european tours that got canceled and so we were really living in that moment of like are we are we going to release another album and not be able to tour on it kind of a thing because yeah. it's mm -hmm. like loose threads we barely got to tour on it like we hadn't even toured before we were releasing stuff from this album mm -hmm. so it was very like you know it, it morale was super high because we were super passionate and ready to like prove ourselves but it was still like that back of your mind like oh man like we can't can't afford to screw this up because we, we don't want the sophomore slump i guess you know what that people team to you know that people have seen in the past and i just so that i think that really but it drove us to like really push ourselves and and do what i personally I'm, i know i'm biased i'm in the band but I believe it's a step up, you know, I believe that the songs are stronger and uh, the overall like feel of the band is stronger. And yeah, I think uh, though it was stressful, it was something that was um, needed for us at the time. It kind of brought us together. I, I think you're right though like i don't think there's going to be people online being like oh hollow front did the sophomore slump you know this album sucked so i i think you'll be all right on that front the album's great mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you guys thank yep. you um so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time should they do it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on is it a workout album party album what do you personally recommend man I recommend all of those things. Just listen to the uh, damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, when I listen to it, I listen to it two ways. I listen, you know, I probably listen to it way more than a human possibly should listen to their own music. But I, uh, I listen to it in the car on a drive because it gets me, you know, it gets me jamming. But I'll also just like zone out in headphones and just close my eyes and just kind of you know, that the very first song I think is really sets that the tone and the, the beauty of the album, like the message of our album isn't like, it isn't always like a, like, it's not a concept album or anything, but it's just, you know, the price of dreaming overall, the whole album is just like, it just shows how much we want it mm -hmm. and how much we, we're, 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 we're not stopping anytime soon. So we're just going to continue to try to improve the sound, you know, and I know that we'll probably lose some people because it's not as heavy, 
Mm. Um, but it's just, that's the way that the music has gone. We've gone from writing breakdown centric songs to writing song centric songs, you know, mm. like it's, they're, they're songs. They're not, you know, and yes, there are breakdowns and there's, there's a heavy, heavy song and there's a really, really light song. And it's just like, we have like a variety. We wanted to make sure every song sounded different, you know, that yes, you can tell it's hollow front because of the vocals and just the, the instruments have like a certain sound to them, but we made sure that we didn't have a song that sounded like treading water or a song that mm -hmm. another song that sounded like comatose. You know, it was like, we, we really went into that being like, we want every song to stand on its own. And I think we accomplished that for sure. That's good. 100%. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick off the top of your head. I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words, no more, no less. Three words. Yes. Three words. Damn, this is, uh, <laughs> um, three words. I would say it's, this is probably terrible. I'm, I'm not as creative on the spot like this. Um, I would say it's, it's modern, modern classic metalcore, I guess, you know, oh, like yeah. it's modern classic. That's good. Yeah, like I feel like it's we we take a lot of our, you know, a lot of our favorite bands like Killswitch and you know like those kind of like early pioneers for metalcore and it's like but we put a modern twist on it and mm -hmm. want to stand on our own. We don't want to. We're not carbon copies of those bands, you know. But I think bands like us and like we get compared to Polaris a lot, but I feel like Polaris also has that captures that like almost classic like they have like a like a what I would have considered like a Southern metal sound. Like they have like, like, uh, like, like Norma Jean back in the day and stuff like that. Like where they have like very like twangy, almost like country sounding guitars that are just like, but the metal core is like energetic and it's very, um, and I feel like we capture that in a, in almost the same way, which is probably why we get compared a lot, mm -hmm. but it's like, we, we take those, you know, like kill switch has like, they're very structured songs, you know, they're, they're not just writing a song to throw a breakdown in it, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. they have, they have core, they have big choruses and driving uh, bridges and, you know, they do have the occasional breakdown, you know, because they are a metal core band, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's there with intention and it's not there just to be, uh, oh, sick, check out the sick breakdown, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's there to, to, fulfill the meaning of the song or like to fulfill the path of the song is taking yeah definitely <laughs> um so in that same train of thought is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through the album oh it's a roller coaster man for sure you know there's there's sadness there's anger there's loss there's um even there there's there's positivity there's a you know a song called changeling that's it's a very it's a song about changing to better yourself and you know not letting your your past define you i guess you know so it's so it's very it's a very it's a roller roller coaster of emotion on the album i want i just want people to um try you know hopefully it relates to them in some facet you know like um i don't expect them to feel the same emotion that I feel because I'm not them and they're not me. I have my own emotions and my own thoughts and opinions. And um, I just would like them to enjoy it. Hopefully. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Sure. 
Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album? Hmm, my favorite memory. Oh, I think it was just, I feel like it was just the whole process. I know that's kind of a cop out. I can try to think of something more specific, but it's just like, that's something that as I'm 31. So, and I, I was 30 then. And it's like something I'd been dreaming of doing, you know, traveling to a, traveling to a studio that, you know, was outside, you know, it was like 10, 10, 12 hours away. So, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a trek. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, I had always dreamed I was going to be doing it in California or somewhere <laughs> warm, but we, we chose Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it was cool because, you know, it was still warm. It was a nice warm time we were there. And like, it was a different vibe. It was like Amish people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a very, it was a very, it was very odd, but it was still, that's my favorite thing is like just being able to fulfill that dream of, you know, going to a professional studio um, and, and, and like doing the whole process, you know? And, and like, I have other things, like there was this restaurant that we found, we went there like five or six times while we were there. Like we loved it. So like, that's, that's a memory that I'll cherish. Like I, I got a ribeye steak every time I went and it was just me and my steak. And I, I, I definitely spent way too much money, but I, I enjoyed every bite of this, of the steak. And exactly. it was just a cool restaurant. That's good. Uh, that's good. Hopefully uh, for the next record, you can fulfill the, uh, the, the dream 100% and record the next record in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not LA. I would like to go maybe a little more south. Fair enough. North. <laughs> okay, just, just anywhere but LA. <laughs> yeah, like like an hour outside. Like I'll I'll take an hour outside. You know, like mm-hmm. or a couple. You know, like as long as you're in California, in LA. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, I, yes, and uh, somewhere where it's close to stuff I don't have to drive to because gas is like seven dollars a gallon. So. Yeah, Lord. went up again God. today. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so picture this, you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Oh, shoot. Snack of choice. And this is just like run-of-the-mill gas station? Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll just go with what I had the most on the laughter, which was Welch's fruit snacks. Oh, I so ate good. like... So good. I ate way too many. and I, No such thing. There was this, there was this one store that we went to and it didn't have any of the small packages, which is what I was, I'd get a small package, but it had like a three pound package. Oh yes. And I was like, it was like eight ninety nine, And I'm like, that's, that's just the, the easiest $10 I ever spent. Oh, and then yeah. it was like, it was just like this hefty bag. It was just like, got it, a carrying handle weighed. and everything. <laughs> it had yeah. Experience, yes. And I, you know, I snacked on that. Like it, it'd be chilling in my little bunk area and I'd pick out, you know, pick the bag out and eat some and then put it back. And yeah, definitely for me that, that would define if I had a snack that defined me on that uh, dark, dark path tour, it was definitely uh, uh, Welch's fruit snacks. (laughs) That's a very very good pick. pick, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also the simply, simply orange juice, you know, the simply orange juice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably had in, this shows my sloppiness, but I probably had like four or five like empty ones just chilling in my bunk. You know, they were so good. You've got you you live it you live it expensive on tour, man. Those Welsh's fruit, fruit snacks and orange juice aren't cheap. No. <laughs> hey, when, hey, you make tips every day, and you know you get a per diem, and uh, they get a buyout. So you know, I probably yeah. 
you know, I made enough money every day to like eat and get snacks. And um, some days were better than others, you know, like I bought some AirPod Pros. And so we get, you know, we got, we got to have a little bit of fun on tour. You know, it was, it was, it was a crazy month for sure. Um, we got into an accident and oh all my that. God. I don't know. Yeah. So it was like something that we totaled our bus. We had to get a new van. So, so yeah, we definitely let ourselves have some creature comfort there on, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm going to be sleeping on the floor of a van for the rest of the tour. So I, I better have some fruit snacks. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad everyone's okay after the, the accident. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was, you know, our, our, we had to send our merch guy home. He got really hurt. Um, mm-hmm. He just had surgery yesterday, actually. So he's on the mend. He's going to be fine. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty sucky um, for us, you know, our second tour to like have that, have that happen. But I think it actually made the band stronger and um, yeah, fueled my fruit snack obsession. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be? Oh, crap. These Mm -hmm. questions, you're getting me like, I'm going to say something and someone's going to be like, you're nothing like that. (laughs) I feel like we're like, we're not a single dish. We're maybe like a sampler platter. Okay. Okay. Of what? Of what? Like, like, I don't know, like some moth sticks, some potato skins. I don't know. Like just like all the good things all on one plate, you know, it's like we Mm -hmm. have, we have singing and Dakota has a beautiful voice and we have the the screams and we have the, the soft parts and we have the heavy parts and we have, it's just the band is very variety based. So I think mm-hmm. like having like a naming ourselves like a sampler platter, you know, like, you know, and there's probably something bougie on there, you know, like some spinach artichoke dip or something, you know, just something that's just something that's, you know, it's the amuse bouge of, <laughs> of metalcore. Oh, yeah. I love that. Perfect. Um, Perfect. So for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, and this, can I have like all the courses, like dessert and everything? Yeah. Sure. All right. Thank you, Warden, for <laughs> giving me my dessert. Uh, I think it would be like, it would be like a steak dinner with like, uh, maybe like a surf and turf kind of a thing with some like grilled shrimp or some lobster or and then like some like uh, potatoes on the side. Um, and then if I was going to have like a dessert, it'd be like a strawberry cheesecake. And for a drink of choice, because I'm going to die, would be Coca-Cola. Okay. <laughs> that, that would be my drink of choice. Or maybe a shake or ooh, maybe a smoothie from Tropical Smoothie Cafe, because ooh. I love those. Mm-hmm. Those are banging. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Oh, straight up, uh, probably Harry Potter. What I'd house probably, you? Uh, I'm a Hufflepuff. Um, Same. But then, yes, that would be probably if I had a choice. Because I, w- I immediately thought of like other things I liked. And it's like, well, I don't want to be in Game of Thrones. No. You know? I don't want to be in Lord of the Rings because it's Mm -hmm. like orcs and, you know, I was was like, Harry Potter, that's pretty safe, you know, like at least for, and how long did you say I would be there? A week. A week. So like a week, you know, maybe there's like a a disaster that happens, but (laughs) me being in Hufflepuff, I'm probably safe. Yeah. As long as you're not like a Gryffindor, then it's like frontline 
first to go yeah you're just kind of middle of the row you're just kind of like you're just you're, you're there and you're, you're you're there you're happy to be there but you're not like trying to save the the world or anything you're just chilling and you're you're chilling with your friends and you're eating uh some uh some delicious snacks at the at the the you know, the table in the the common mm-hmm. room or the in the great hall mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. uh so for this uh fuck um, <laughs> uh, I've thought of asking the last question and every single person we've spoken to has said that it is the most important question what's your favorite color that's a terrible question god damn it <gasps> that was take mean. it back take it back <laughs> that's so subjective it's like asking me uh, what's my favorite uh, what's my favorite type of thing to drink i guess i don't know there's so many things i like uh so many colors but i only wear black but that's not even a color that's uh you know that's a it's a shade it's not even really a it's a neutral it's not mm-hmm. even a color but if i i had to choose probably like a like a like a nice blue like a like a piercing blue like mm-hmm. not like a not like a baby blue not like a dark blue something that was like like nice and like like a royal blue or i don't know that, that's yeah. good i don't i don't I, but if you look at my closet it's literally just black mine too. No, there's the no shame other... in that <laughs> mine too that's all right um so as i said that's all the questions we have to say is there anything that you would like to plug uh yeah just uh the price of dreaming comes out may 27th uh it's what i've considered to be the next step for us as a band and um i would you know any pre-orders is is going to help us in our first week sales and just you know um i would implore you to at least go pick up something in a cd um if not stream it when it comes out and that would be a-okay with me um yeah and i just you can check us out at you know go to google and type hollow front and everything pops up immediately oh yeah that's great awesome uh well thank you for now this has been tyler from hollow front and we have been the good noise podcast